0: oh <laughs> uh, cool sorry, sorry it's been a, it's been a mad day I nearly got killed yesterday so. oh what happened oh dear a big iron gate fell down missed oh, good. me by inches Ooh, let's
1: get
2: Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, the podcast that usually asks you that question. Netflix or cinema, where are you going to be spending your hard-earned money this week? Seeing as this is our fourth, no, 15th fifteenth show in a lockdown, we know that there's only one answer to that question. Netflix, you will be spending your money on Netflix and other streaming things. <laughs> My name is Tosin, I am your host and I am based up in Coventry in the Midlands. And joining me on the Isle of Wight, as ever, are Sharon. Hello. And Sean. Hi yeah. Yes. Now, Sean is going to be Sean. You said you're going to be muting yourself every now and then because you are getting yourself yeah. a,
0: a well earned dinner as we record. <laughs> I am, I am. Yes, indeed, indeed. So, do excuse me if I sort of uh, mute for a little bit, but you don't want to hear a load of chumming, I'm sure.
2: <laughs> All right. So, every now and then, every now and then, Sean might go a little bit silent while while Sean and I go on and talk about stuff. So, I mean, this after a couple of weeks in which we've had like you know the back and forth, push and pull of cinema saying we're coming back and then film saying we're no, we're not and all that. It's been a pretty quiet week. We haven't really heard anything on that.
1: I had an email from Cineworld because I am have a Cineworld Unlimited card and they said to me this week, we have activated your card again oh, and we've given you an extra... We've given you all these extra... Uh, my Cineworld Plus account, they've given me an extra six months on and they've given me an extra period of to cash in to vouchers and sweeties and things and they said they're now taking bookings for oh, wow. screenings after the 31st of July
3: oh right. okay. so, looking so, at
1: my calendar on the wall yeah from tomorrow no is it, is it tomorrow? Yes.
2: yeah tomorrow the 31st I have 31st. no idea what the
1: day is yeah, from tomorrow the 31st, yeah, they're, yeah. yeah they're, they're starting to screen from tomorrow and I looked at my cinema Newport Olive White, and yes they are taking bookings for six films
0: Oh, what, what are the six films Sharon?
1: There are a couple of them are re-releases, but the new releases is one that's called Proxima with Ava Green. Oh, yeah. There's Unhinged with Russell Crowe. There's Uh, a cartoon, sorry, an animated (laughs) film.
2: (laughs) The disdain. We love that. (laughs) The (laughs) disdain.
1: Can't remember what that was, obviously. There's another couple of animated... There's an animated classic as well I didn't pay much attention to, I have to say. And then they're re-showing uh, Empire Strikes Back. They're taking bookings for that. having an anniversary show.
3: Oh, yeah. I think...
1: I can't remember the other ones. There's a couple of ones I've definitely seen, all of them, on anniversary shows. but.
2: Well, is it, yeah, let I,
1: I can look for you.
2: I I got an I got an email earlier today from Odium, but they're still keeping quiet about what day they're going to be released. They're going to be opening up again, and they don't they don't wow. have anything open for for bookings yet. So all right, that, that okay. That's interesting. So, yes, so
1: this was I received this yesterday. So I'm just going to see if I I don't think I deleted the email, but I you never know. I could I know.
2: Never... So so you're saying that it sounds like the game of chicken might actually be over.
1: It sounds like they're, they're going, that's it, we're going to go for it. We, keep, we can't keep on sort of dithering. Here we go. Tickets are on sale now, Cineworld. This came to me yesterday. I'm looking it up on my trusty tablet. And it says, yes, we are taking bookings for Proxima, Unhinged, Onward. Again, a re-showing of the oh, yeah, yeah. animated
2: Onward, yeah. one. I'm happy that's the
1: coming re- um, And the Dream Builders. I don't know what that. That's an animated, but I don't know anything about that. Never heard of it. That's a new release. And then the re-releases are The Dark Knight, Back to the Future, The Shawshack Redemption, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back.
3: Not bad. And they're,
1: they're booking now for all of those.
0: So oh, no.
1: some, a couple of new ones and some classics to get people back in the cinemas. And you, so, you do so, have
0: to book, do you? You can't just turn up. You just can't they, turn up. I think that's what it they were saying.
1: Say. That they,
2: they said that you, you have to book and you have to show up. Well, you have to book so that they know who's coming before that happens. All oh, right.
1: Yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, or, or I think that they they said something like they prefer you book. Uh,
0: they yeah. recommend you no.
1: book, but you can use the machines inside. So you can't if for people who don't have online booking. You can still use the. All
0: oh, right. Okay.
1: The cinema, the tickets. So they must have. They said they've got screens up now all around the concession stands they still got concession stands, so I'd imagine there is going to be old and new.
2: All right. So, Sharon, the big question is, are you going to see anything?
1: <laughs> I'm quite tempted to go and see Proxima.
2: All right. Okay, cool. Good.
1: i wasn't so keen on Unhinged, um, but I'm tempted to go and see Proxima. Ooh.
2: Does this mean that we might actually have a cinema... Thing to talk about on the there show might be next a cinema week. Cinema around. There might be a whether cinema I go at the
1: weekend. I would, I don't know. I might go. Leave it till like a midweek day.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Monday morning, eleven a.m. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>.
2: Nobody. <laughs> in there and nobody then sort else of put there.
1: My borrow a sort of like a decorator's outfit with a full visor and stuff. So we'll see. <laughs> oh, but at the moment, okay. I'm oh, thinking. I'm tempted to go and see something.
0: All right. Yeah, oh, uh, I I was just looking. Actually, I was just looking. I'll probably, maybe Monday, because I'm away, Monday the 3rd, I'm looking at a 10 past 7, but it will be unhinged. Cause 10, sorry, 10 past, 10 past 5, because I finish at 5, so I'll go straight. i
1: oh, will go straight from, you'll be in Newport.
0: Yeah, the, yeah, so. This would be uh, I mean, I, I could see that, but that's 20 to 5, so I, won't, I probably won't be yeah. finished by then. Well, see, one thing the they did say, they're
1: going to be changing the way they do things. They're saying, you need to be on time, because they're changing the way they do adverts and trailers. So it sounds Ooh. like they're going to, to cover a gap between showings and to have them staggered so people aren't in and out at the same time, it sounds right. like they're cutting down on the the extras, so you basically go in and boom, it's your film. You may get one or two, but you oh, won't Richard. get that half an hour oh, right. of, of messing around. So they're saying, if you normally turn up and then spend half an hour getting your drinks and getting your speech, mm. which is what we do, right. we tend to turn up yeah. when the film starts and then we spend that 20 minutes getting our mm. gear together, they're saying, no, 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 when it says the film is on at ten past five, the film is probably going to be on at quarter past five or twelve minutes past five. There's not a lot of they're not going to leave a lot of gaps.
2: You know, you know that throughout that makes this makes sense really. There's been this narrative throughout this whole sort of um, through this whole lockdown period. We're saying like you know things that. That Corona has taken, or it's taken Corona to get rid of some terrible things, and it's like
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we and, don't care about the
2: adverts, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, and and I understand it's a business and everything like that, but the adverts and the trailers sometimes are just really, really annoying. I mean, definitely the adverts, less so the trailers, but definitely the adverts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, and so I'm thinking, oh my word, this one. Might- that this might be a, a good a good outcome from the whole from the whole corona thing. That that yeah, if they cut sorry. those out, uh, I mean I was talking about lack of driving, but I mean in in cinema it, in the cinema sense of things, like you know the lack of adverts. Like this this might be a good thing. First of all, I thought you said that arrive on time because they're going to have an intermission now in the films, and that's where they're going to show you the ads. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I we're gonna you... break
1: up your film so you have to stay yeah so, so <laughs> you're, you're,
2: we're gonna make, we're gonna we're gonna sell to you one way or another uh, all right oh, so that means that next week we're gonna be having the the review section We it won't even be so much about the film as it is about the cinema watching it's experience good. yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah oh this oh come on come on odia and i wanna i wanna get involved <laughs> <laughs> I want to get what I want to find out what's happening, but never mind. <laughs> okay. But okay, but with things getting a bit back to normal, you might have been, as I said at the beginning, like you know, we said Netflix was a cinema, and it sounds like you know yep. Netflix will win, but cinema's coming back, and things are coming back to normal. So today, we are going to reinstigate our seven minute timer for our reviews. What we're going to do on the show, if you're listening to it for the first time and you're thinking, oh, I don't really know, um, I don't really know uh, how they could have a Netflix with a cinema without cinema. Well, we're going to talk about our viewing habits. We're going to review a couple of things. I think we have two things on the block this, this week. And then Sean has, like, you know, going back into his history and watching something he's already watched. Uh, then we'll have a film interview. Where we'll have a cinema interview with a film buff, somebody who just loves film. And we'll ask them a couple of questions about cinema specifically, as opposed to streaming. Then we kind of round off. We go off next week and Sean and Sharon get to go to a cinema. And nah. Tosin sits around and just sort of like... You know, asks them to live stream their, their walk to the cinema so he feels like he's involved. <laughs> I, I guess I could go to a cinema world near me, but I have to
0: pay money and I don't want to pay any extra. No, um, not if you're paying.
2: Yeah, if, if you're paying, just, paying, paying extra for a film ticket after you already have an unlimited card, that just ruins the whole cinema watching experience. But. <laughs>
0: yeah. That is wrong.
2: Okay, so, so straight up, I mean, Sean, you rewatched The Man with the Iron Fists. I did, yes, I did. Which is which is kind of like, and also like, as like a sort of genre mashup that, if I remember correctly, you absolutely loved with, with. I did. Russell Crowe. Yeah, Russell Russell Crowe was in it. it. The main guy, Raza,
0: Raza, 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 Raza. Was the director? Yeah, yeah. It was um obviously yeah, and I mean it says it mentions Quentin Tarantino as well, so I'm pretty sure he probably put up quite a lot of the money for it. Yeah. And it's twenty. I mean, it was 2012, and I remember. I was uh, this. I saw this at the cinema, so um, I was the only one in the cinema, and it was in the uh, it was in the number two, which is a luxury one. So, and I was the only one there. It was a late one, and I suppose it was just like it was brilliant. It was, um, it was everything I wanted in a Kung Fu it, film. It was like about. It was just a homage, really. I thought. Oh, yeah, that's from The Black Hand, that's from Aikido, that's from Fistful. Oh, there's a bit of Bruce Lee one in there. That was from The One-Armed Boxer. That was from The Super Chinese Swordsman. That was from that silly, silly bad Kung Fu dub thing. Um, Kung Fu, yeah, I was just like, whoa. And, I mean, as I say, you got Lucy Liu in it, um, and she's always, and some, you know, there's, oh, yeah, Dave Bautista. It must be one of his first, first films, you know, because oh, he's in there as well. He's uh, he's brass body. That's his name, brass body. So you can imagine iron fist, brass body, and it's all he got. These little clans. So you got the lion clan, the hyena clan. Have you seen it, Sharon?
1: No. You haven't seen it. So that I have. No, it doesn't bring any bowels with me at all.
0: It is. It's really. It's quite. Um, have you ever seen Shogun Assassin? No. No. <laughs>
2: yeah, well, uh, if, uh, if you've ever seen like a seventies kung fu movie, yeah, kung fu movie. I've seen
1: yeah lots of seventies kung fu. I just. None of the ones you've named, obviously, but yeah, I have. I am aware of the kung, the kung yeah. fu genre.
0: So there's all sorts. There's like weapons. There's a, you've got all these people. You've got the Gemini twins. You got the X blade, jack poison daggers. Just like you know what names could you? Silver lion, bronze lion. It's just just great stuff. And the whole story is just like a an adventure because of the lion clan. Of, like they're supposed to be escorting this gold shipment, and Gold Lion is the top boss thing and he goes, Yeah, we'll do that. But Silver Lion and a few of the others, they don't like him, so they sort of bump him off and try to steal the gold and it's all like and then you've got Russell Crowe he's like the secret service for the Emperor, he's like after stuff and he's into he's like he's a little bit he's got like a laboratory, you know, where he can fix stuff up and it's just it's just a for me, I mean, I don't think it got particularly good reviews <laughs> but for me for me I just absolutely adore it, this film. I, it, I it, it... It... I'm so forgotten it. You know, like I was thinking when you when you have like a top five, top ten, top twenty. This probably would 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 be up there because it is. It's just it's it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to watch. And I'm tempted to do this as an outdoor cinema, but it's a bit spurty bloody and stuff. So you know, some <laughs> some, some, some little. Yeah, that went really well as well, didn't it, Sharon? Oh or, or not, yeah, okay. I forgot, forgot yeah. to ask. Okay, okay, so okay, let's let's finish
2: one thing. So Sean, seeing as you've already watched this before, and I think we reviewed it a long time ago. The, uh, top the you, game, you've yeah. kind of you've kind of already answered my question was it still as good as you remembered
0: yes it was definitely yeah it was probably yeah I mean alright seeing it on a big TV it, you know yeah it was it was still good but I would like to see this at the, so this this has got to be one of my this is, this will be one of my my top films I think that I, could wa- I could watch this again because I just love every moment of it alright so, uh, so I think uh, the
2: last one it, it was a 4 out of 5 is it still a 4 I out of 5 I
0: think yes definitely still a 4 out of 5 definitely yes all right. Yeah. and uh, Okay, and quickly, how did the outdoor cinema go? Really? I well, I don't know. Sharon will probably tell you because, I mean... I didn't get you know, any I, pictures. <laughs> oh, I've got some. I'll send them as you with the gate. Um, but, yeah, the water gate in the cinema. But Sharon will probably say more because I wasn't sure how it went. But I think everybody enjoyed it and I think it was... Yeah, I think
1: good. it worked really well because the, gar- the garden was big enough that we could all sit socially distanced in our little deck chairs.
0: Yeah, um, yeah.
1: I think the thing we hadn't banked on is the fact that it, it didn't get properly dark till much later it, than we were no, thought. No, that's right. So we started the film and it was sort of like half light, and then as it got darker, obviously the film you got more definition growing from yeah. the screen. But no, the yeah. sound worked well, and the the screen was fine on the, the back of the house. And oh yes, yeah, we so had a chat, and yeah, sorry, so it, it I worked think really well. It, it actually, it was good fun.
0: As you guys are speaking, I've got to be honest with you. This sounds magical. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, what was really good as well, you know, we were thinking about the sound issues. Well, yeah, we were using, we were using a Bluetooth speaker and I actually went right down the bottom of the garden and you couldn't really hear it. But you was in the I think if you're close to it, it was yeah, all right. were in but, a zone.
1: Yeah.
0: So I thought I, I think it'd be pretty I think it worked really, really well. You know? Yeah. yeah and so.
1: yeah, because I think when you went in the house for any reason, you couldn't hear it really. So I think the neighbours we were worried about the neighbours. Um,
2: yeah.
1: But yeah, you the- spoke to them anyway and they were fine with it
2: less noise than somebody having a noisy 40th birthday party
1: oh absolutely <laughs> Look, yeah absolutely don't know comparison oh. but no it was really good fun the only thing is it got a bit nippy didn't it so um, yeah, yeah. That happens because I just grabbed a fleece and I grabbed a blanket off the back of the car <laughs> just thinking if we had no seats at least I could sit on the blanket on the ground and I was wrapped up like a, I was cocooned in it all these so blankets good. and fleece and we all had our hoods up and zipped up to the, we had like uh-huh. this viewing <laughs> this, periscope but it always was always
0: prepared <laughs> it, this is
2: uh, for for those of you who are wondering what's going on, Sean decided to set up a backyard cinema in, in his house in Cows in the Isle of Wight and it went really apparently it went really, really well for, for those those who could make it. <laughs> so so Sorry. oh by the way, by the way, um speaking about Isle of Wight and films and stuff. I got an email, you know how I'm, I'm registered to a whole bunch of casting agencies and extras agencies and stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: I, I got an email tonight, which just before we started recording, which I sent to you, Sean. And it's about a TV show that's going to be filming on the Isle of Wight in September and October, starring wow. Jared Harris. Ooh. Oh, yeah, yeah, starring Jared Harris. And they, they were saying, Are you available during September and October for filming on the Isle of Wight? And I'm not entirely sure what the show is, but I forwarded it on to you, Sean, because, hey, you might you might get a break from nearly getting killed by falling gates at schools. Yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, might be lucky. Uh, yeah, you might go stand around on a film set and get bored for two months.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow, that'd be all right. Oh, I, I love that. That's brilliant. What, did you email it? But yeah, email, email, I emailed it, to yeah. You, emailed it to you. Oh, brilliant. I checked that. Hopefully, I'll see my cine world thing as well then. Did it come today, Sharon?
1: Yesterday evening.
0: Yesterday, you right. All right, okay. Okay. So I don't think I've checked in today. I am checking checked today, so I'll do yeah. that later. That'll be a thing for me to do. Sharon, I'll, I'll forward it on to you as well.
2: This could be a new career. After gardening. Yes. <laughs> post gardening, it could be a new thing. <laughs> okay, right. So now, Sharon, you had something that you wanted to talk about and you wanted to review this week as well, that like you'd saw, seen this week. So, yes, I start, saw a, a, new, crop, a relatively
1: new release. A relatively new release. It's called Deep Breath, the Eurovision Song Contest, the Story of Fire Saga.
2: Oh, dear. Yes. <laughs> yes my goodness <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, and if
1: you're anything like me that you sometimes when you see the name will Farrell on a project you go oh <laughs> <laughs> because sometimes he can be he can be like a genius with his comedy like with Alf for example and other times you just think you're just Try too hard, and you don't know when to stop. <laughs> uh, so for, for nearly all of his other projects, basically,
3: yeah.
1: Uh, so I wasn't sure what Will Farrell we were going to get here, and I think he just steered the right side of Alf on this one. Say okay. that at the front. So basically, the, the Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Ice Saga is a, he's a young boy growing up in Iceland. And when he's a child, his family, he's a bit of a morose little boy. He's sort of, um, his mum has died and he's just left with his dad. And his dad is labelled basically the best looking man in Iceland. And he has a reputation for being a bit of a ladies man. And so nearly all the, there's a a running joke that goes through it, which I'll explain. And so one night they're all gathered together to watch the Eurovision Song Contest and Abba uh, performing Waterloo and basically he has an epiphany <laughs> and from that moment on his life is devoted to being the best pop star in Iceland with a view to one day being in the Eurovision Song Contest.
3: Yeah. So oh, then wow. Fast
1: forward um, 40 years later, <laughs> his dream is still to be a Eurovision Song Contest singer and he has a band called Firesaga with his best friend girlfriend stroke possible sister Oh (laughs) because there's no one's ever quite sure basically how many children his father has so every time they go anywhere everyone says is that your sister your brother and sister and he says she's probably not my sister (laughs) but uh, there's no certainty there so that sort of is a level of 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 some of the humor and basically Uh, To cut a a long... I won't give you the whole story, but basically they end up going to the Eurovision Song Contest by a freak accident that wipes out every other band in Iceland.
3: (laughs) 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 And so basically
1: there's no one else left to send as a representative of Iceland but Fire Saga. And so they go, and then there's basically one disaster after another, and they meet the Russian entry, played by Dan Stevens, who... um, has this he's a he's a Russian billionaire so you get the feeling that he's like bought his way into
2: into the Eurovision. And,
1: into Eurovision. And he has this song called The Lion of Love and he um has these four skimpily clad male dancers and everyone says you know, <laughs> the one of the jokes through it is like, you know, are you gay? And he says, There's no gay people in Russia <laughs> And so, <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, there's these sort of there's these sort of random, yeah sort of dance numbers that come up where you see them performing their, their Eurovision sort of things. The, so if you know Eurovision, if you like Eurovision, then basically you're, you're, you're in a happy place. Well, the, the, On the, the whole, it's a fun player film.
2: Well, you see, now, the problem I had with this and the reason I haven't watched it, because it sounds like one of these things where Americans have heard of this crazy thing that they do in Europe, and, I've, and I'm going to try and lampoon it. But the thing is, mm-hmm. Eurovision, quite frankly, is its, its own lampoon. <laughs> yeah,
1: beyond lampooning because yeah, it it's utterly ridiculous. Yeah, and uh, they know uh, it's utterly ridiculous. So yeah, and, and everybody avoided fun it. at it.
2: Yeah, everybody in Europe. So, and because everybody, pretty much everybody involved in this, it's, really, it's pretty much an American production. I mean, you you didn't mention the fact that I think his dad is played by Piers Brosnan, which is P.S. what Brosnan, makes yeah. which makes the whole sort of best looking man in Iceland thing a bit funnier because Piers Brosnan is just yeah. one of those people who will be ninety years old and women will still be swooning over him. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah uh, and, so, and and so I just thought, no, it's going to be people trying very hard to make some make fun of something. That is almost impossible to make fun of, and that and that's one of the reasons why, why I just don't want I didn't don't want, want to watch this film because I'm going to be like,
1: yeah. It, 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 but but what you're saying it sounds it, as if that uh, they've
2: managed to find a, a vein in which they could actually do it.
1: Yes, I think the key one of the key things is Will Ferrell himself. His wife is Swedish, and he has been in Sweden during Eurovision. So okay. he has been exposed to Eurovision at the ground level. So he sort of knows how ridiculous it is, and it's got Graham Norton is in it throughout. Oh, um, good lord! Being being himself, and he commentates on them as a, a Ice Saga, Fire Saga, and on as um, I think he, I can't think of the name of the Russian guy, but Dan Stevens' character. He commentates on their performances the way he would do if you heard him on the television. Oh, right, so okay. He is himself. And there's a scene in the middle where they have a, a, a Eurovision sing-off and where they basically do like a Pitch Perfect thing where they, they do this song battle. Oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Everyone in the crowd is a former Eurovision contestant or a Eurovision winner. So you get Conchita Sanchez is in there and you get, I think it's Netta is in there and then there's basically a lot of Eurovision faces. Do so when they, you look do they, they get Benny, oh. Bjorn,
2: Agnetov and...
1: You don't see them. They do you get a film clip of the real ABBA, and then they they sing waterloo in the in the sing off but you don't get you I, I didn't spot them anyway if they're in Bucks any of the crowd.
2: Bucks Fizz? Cheryl Ladd? no
1: <laughs> it's more more recent sort of oh, okay, post gotcha. post east post eastern block you, if there's a few of the eastern block singers in there as well Oh, i gotcha. so i thought basically it, it it was affectionate. I think that's one of the key things about it. It was an affectionate lampoon. Not a lampoon. It was just a, an affectionate look at Eurovision. So, in itself, it's ridiculous anyway. Yeah. So, it was very good. And there's one song, um, this, their band, they play in a pub every week, this Fire Saga, and they have one song that's called Yaya Ding Dong.
2: Yeah, Yaya yeah, yeah, Ding Dong. And all the
1: locals <laughs> say Yaya yeah, yeah, Ding Dong. And when you listen, it sounds like a typical, typical Eurovision song. And it does get in your head. So I actually played it on YouTube afterwards. And I was listening to the words thinking, this is actually filthy. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it would make the carry-on films blush. It's it's just constant innuendo. But it's stung in such a Eurovision <coughs> way that you don't notice that it's absolutely one innuendo from start to finish. Uh, so that's actually quite funny because you find yourself singing and then thinking don't sing that because
3: that's rude <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay. oh because i know yaya dig dog it is yaya dig dog is a is a it's taking on a life of its own and i know there's something on bbc radio one where they keep playing this yeah. sound clip of just going which or someone just going, Get back in there and play Yaya ya, Ding dong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: That's and, one of the <laughs> one of the villages. <laughs>
2: yeah, they they just they just keep playing that clip over and I'm like, Okay, maybe that so if nothing else, this song is broken out. So how many stars would you give Eurovision the story of Fire Saga?
1: <laughs> Actually, I was really, really surprised at how fun it was, and I would give it a four. Whoa. which I would amaze me that I didn't think it would be anywhere near that but actually I found it quite chuckling and it be, it was I was finishing watching it when my brother came in and he said what's this you're watching and I, said, I told him and then I later went downstairs after I'd gone to bed and found him watching it
2: oh. so <laughs> okay, okay. Oh, <laughs> wow. you see now Sharon after that review you might find me watching it as well
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you have to you ha- there's a few moments where you're going oh enough now enough but there's enough funny moments for you to, to ignore those. All right. So it was genuinely warm-hearted and funny. All
2: right, cool. Oh, good, good stuff. So that's four. Oh, we're having a good week so far. Four stars, four stars. And now we get on to the thing I've watched. I watched Umbrella Academy. And this is something on oh, Netflix. Oh,
0: the, the second season or the first season? The first season. The, the second, the second oh, season is wow, out yeah. tomorrow.
2: The second season is coming out tomorrow. Right.
0: And, I'm, um, I'm looking forward to this review, Toast.
2: All right, cool. So, Umbrella Academy, it's something that I watched. Um, actually, Sean, I'm not sure if you do after last week and the, the five bloods. But <laughs> but oh, I, I am. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, so, it's, um, so I mean, Umbrella Academy, it's something that I found out about years ago. I remember when I first got an iPhone 3GS, and it was one of these things that was made available for free download, and it was the first issue, or the, either the first issue or the first story arc of the Umbrella Academy, the original graphic novel. And I remember reading it and not really getting that much into it. I was like, the drawings are a bit weird. What's going on? It seemed, and if to to give you the basic idea of Umbrella Academy, it's like somebody's gone, oh, let's do the X-Men. But the X-Men are all screwed up. And that is the Umbrella Academy, (laughs) quite frankly. So it's the the whole idea, the the storyline behind it is that there's this freak accident that happens on one day where around the world, 43 women all give birth at the same time. So, all over the world, forty three women all give birth at the same time. The weird thing is that the morning the, the, the morning of that day, none of these women were pregnant so
3: oh
2: yeah, oh. so none of these women were pregnant, that they just all spontaneously get pregnant and spontaneously give birth to these forty three kids around the world and there 's an eccentric billionaire, think Professor X, called Reginald Hargreaves, who goes around the world and he says his, his, his aim is to collect as many of these kids as possible. And of all the mothers, only seven of them give up their kids to him, like he pays them to get the kids and he then, as they grow up, it finds out that these kids have powers, and he starts training them to become like a superhero team and you boy when, when the when the story starts, it starts off when they 're all grown up they 're all grown up, and you can see that they 're all one way or another traumatized by the upbringing that they had because the guy he raised them not as children. Oh, my God. I just realized what he's like. You know Captain Von Trapp at the beginning of Sound of Music? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Think Captain uh, Von Trapp, uh, Trapp on acid. The, <laughs> oh, wow. That, that's what he's like. He's like really, really mean with them. He says you can have playtime between 12 and 12.30 on a Sunday afternoon. The rest of the time you're training. All that kind of stuff. And he runs the house like a sort of, sort of military academy. And you, you start getting introduced to all these sort of... And you, it's, and it's essentially X-Men. So it's X-Men if Professor X was a crazed fill in the blank with a bad word so <laughs> it's like so it's like oh yeah so and and that's what it is but I think that the the series now starts developing into something a bit more nuanced like that and you you got you actually begin to you get to know the different characters like for instance he he never gives them names there's seven of these kids and he calls them number one number two number three number four number five number six number seven that's what he calls them and it's only until later on that they there's someone who they call mum, and I won't explain much about it but there's someone called mum who actually ends up giving them names and you have things like that one of them can teleport but he also goes through time and then he comes back in time from where he, he's been disappeared for a lot of years he comes back but when he comes back he's actually a 13 year old boy while the others are like 28 <laughs> and and it, and it becomes this it's like a race because he comes back and he says the world is going to end in seven days i've got to figure out a way to stop it I've been in the future I've seen what happens I need to figure out a way to stop the world ending in seven days and you have this team of people who used to be a team of superheroes but they don't really get on with each other anymore because number two thought that he should be the leader when number one was the leader and then number one was like number one is like Cyclops if Cyclops was an idiot And, (laughs) and and the interplay between the characters is really good. The whole idea of, um, they have number seven as well. Number seven is like, you know, the, the black sheep of the family because she doesn't have any powers. And so when they were kids, she was never allowed to play with the others and all the others. So sort of like, it became almost like a sort of high school thing where, you know, like, Oh, we're the cool kids. We're going to go out on missions and stuff. You've got nothing Vanya. You can come play with us. Go away Vanya. Why are you here Vanya? And it, and it also plays into, into that. And, to start talking a little bit more about the different um about the different uh, characters would become a bit spoilerific. So I'm gonna try and, I'm just gonna say Imagine a superhero team. So a superhero family with some weird eccentric who has this big old house in New York, all very X-Men, and he's it, what happens at the beginning is that he dies. So their their father dies and they all come back together. They all come back together and then there's a strand where somebody's trying to fill out figure they're out who killed him. Someone else is trying to, one of them is still trying to be like a vigilante running around at night trying to be Batman. You have all these different guys coming along. And it becomes like a family saga about how these people get together. But only that this time around, they have superpowers. And one of them, he, he's a, as a kid, his, his his power is speaking to the dead. And so he can't handle the fact that he can speak to the dead. So he's a junkie because he just takes all these drugs to kill his senses so he doesn't have to see the dead. <laughs> and and so you have one of them go experimented by their dad. Oh, it's it it it, it goes on. One of them is dead, but you never you never sure exactly what happened there. And I think it it goes really well. It's only ten <clears throat> episodes. It keeps your attention very 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 like you you want you want to go. Okay, what's, what's going to happen? Is how's that going to develop? How's that going to develop? The final episode of the season. Let's sit down a bit. It becomes, this final episode of the season is a bit generic. It's a bit generic superhero thing. You know, people complain about a lot of the Marvel films and how they end up with, like, you know, a, a light in the sky and things coming out of the thing. That kind of happens all the way down to, and I'm not sure whether this line has the same effect on you guys as it does, but you know how it is when you have a film. Somebody's trying to do something, and someone one one character looks up and goes,
3: it's working! <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, even down to the so the final episode I think lets it down a bit, but all the way through I think it's actually really good. If you uh if you like your superheroes, it it's a different take on the whole superhero thing. If you like your comics, it's a good adaptation of a of a good graphic novel, and I would give it a four out of five. And as we said, wow. season two is coming out tomorrow. The way it and the way it ends at the end of season one, it's a real kind of okay, season two is going to be interesting, season two is going to be weird, as much as season one was. Let's see where this thing goes. So, yeah, I uh, really like
0: it. Oh, cool. That's really interesting, Toast, because um, The Boys, we, you said about The Boys, you reviewed yeah. The Boys, and yeah. I watched it, and it was absolutely, that was a that was class, class yeah. series. Yeah, now, yeah, it is. I did try. I have seen the first and half of the second episode of the first series, and, oh. you know, I, I couldn't really, really get into it, and I spoke to someone else. Quite recently it was about them. Because I saw the, the thing for the second season. They said, oh, no, you've got to go with it. You've got to go with it. But I saw the first episode, and I didn't really, really get into it. So oh, is it for worth... The, oh, for the boys? For the umbrella... No, for the Umbrella Academy. For The uh, umbrella, umbrella Academy,
2: Academy is, is, worth, is worth sticking with. It's a bit of a slow build. Yeah, that's what I felt. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so, it's a slow
0: build, yeah. Right, okay. Uh, but it's worth it in the long run, yeah? I, I'll say it's worth it.
1: All right. When you're talking about the beginning of Umbrella Academy, it reminded me a little bit of John Wyndham's The Midwich Cuckoos. Oh, yeah. Because in that, um, one night there's like this weird power cut and people just pass out basically all over the world. Yeah. And then when they wake up, all the women in certain villages are, there's these little pockets, these villages all around the world. And every woman in the village is pregnant when they wake up. All right. And then when the children are born they're all born with white hair and strange grey eyes. And yeah. there's like a village in Russia and there's a village in Britain, midwich, there's Britain, there's these places and they have this strange communication between them. Yeah. So it's the hints of that how these women, you know, for all ages yep. suddenly find themselves having babies. Yeah, it, it does feel I mean would, it does <laughs> i
0: sure. Would,
1: yeah, would that be would that be
0: no.
2: Sorry, Am I, oh I muted? No, no, you're not muted. You're you're just robotic.
0: All oh, right, robotic. Okay, no, oh, uh, no, oh, yeah. No, no, no. I was just going to say. I assume you're talking about the Midwich Cuckoos. So, it sort of came in through the conversation. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, John yeah, Wyndham.
1: Brilliant, brilliant, writer. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah,
2: um, I, I, I do feel like with Umbrella Academy, there's a there might be quite a few things that it's referencing that. Um, upon
1: upon things
2: yes that that I that I'm not uh, uh I might not entirely be aware of a party to so it's um it, I think that there's a little bit of a jesus thing going in there like oh, all these women virgin births and all, and all um and then they're going to save the world that's the whole idea behind it there's there's some john Whitman. I said obviously there's the x men thing in there and it's it's just this sort of like soup that it's made it's, it's it come, becomes its own thing <laughs> It becomes it becomes its own thing. Um, right. So now we get on to our cinema interview, our film buff interview. What we have been doing, as we've said a little bit over throughout the lockdown, is that we, without cinemas, we have been talking about what we've watched at home, and then we go and find ourselves a film buff somebody who loves film, eats, breeds it, and thinks that the worst thing that could possibly have happened in 2020 is that cinemas are not around. They might not say it out loud because obviously that's not what you say when people are like, you know, people are having it worse than cinemas not being around, but that's what they think in their hearts. <laughs> and so we get there, we ask them a couple of questions. Our interview today is with a friend of mine, Wale Wellinger he's one of those he's one of the Nigerian contingents the people who I grew up with and um, got into film buffery together at the same time and uh, he's now based up in Sheffield and this is what he had to say all about cinema and film and all that. We are speaking to Wale Awellinger. we're talking to a film buff we're talking to somebody who just loves film and you know probably when you were growing up people thought there was a problem with you because you just kept watching tv and you could quote everything and all that kind of stuff people who i would like to call my tribe so (laughs) so i was speaking to you asking you a couple of questions but first before we actually get on there i understand that we have been held up we have been kept waiting for you because you're a busy man and you have many many podcasts to appear on and there was a podcast that you appeared on just before before speaking to me so let me know tell me what podcast kept us waiting what podcast was more important than us
4: <laughs> okay, so it's actually a regular one that I I, I do um, every Sunday uh, with a few friends of mine. Uh, it's called the Niger Nerds. Oh yeah. Um, so Niger is spelled N-A-I-J-A. It's just like um, it, it's it, it's an affectionate way of spelling Nigeria yeah. um, by people from Nigeria and people who live in Nigeria. Um, And what we do on that podcast is we just get together, um, get a few people together of Nigerian descent, talk about nerdy things uh, from a Nigerian perspective. um, And we, from time to time, invite Nigerian creatives on to talk about their stuff.
2: Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. I will sit by the phone and wait with bated breath. But anyway, anyway, so going ahead uh, with, so you mentioned Nigeria there. And you mentioned, so obviously we're both Nigerian, we grew up in Nigeria, and I think probably our film, you you call it about the Nigerian nerds, our film Nerdery probably kicked off around about the same time and grew up around about the same time. And the first question we usually ask is what was the first one you ever saw in a cinema, like in an honest-to-God cinema. Not, not a CRT TV that somebody had brought into a school hall and <laughs> kept there. <with> this <laughs> and there's 300 kids trying to watch a 23-inch TV. <laughs> like, you know, no, not that, but an honest-to-God cinema with a projector and the surround sound and all that sort of stuff. And I'm guessing that growing up, like you, like me, you, that was something that we didn't have because we grew up in Nigeria. And they, those cinemas had ceased to
4: exist for a while. Yes, um, yes, yes-ish. So, okay, this is this is. I have a, a rather interesting answer to this question because okay. I think um, you primed me on it beforehand. You were like, "Okay, what's the first film you watched in the cinema?" And I was like, "Okay, if I'm going to give an accurate answer to this, I'm going to have to dig into the archives of my history." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, the accurate answer to this is very likely to be E.T., the extraterrestrial. Oh, wow. Um, I would have to confirm that with my parents, um, but I do have sort of like little baby uh, recollections of sort of being taken to this big place and watching this movie and falling in love with it. But I can't actually remember the experience, so I'd have to. uh, So that was, of course, um, when I was a child. Uh, I was, of course, born in the UK before we went to Nigeria. Um, and then, of course, going to Nigeria. Well, no cinemas in Nigeria, um, as you're very much aware so yeah. same, for yeah, much yeah. of our lifetime there. So, um, movies then were basically VHS um, videotapes for a very long time, uh, which we watched to death. Um, <laughs> and I'm not going to go into that. Yeah, that was that was, uh, that, was a, that was an interesting time. And um, when cinema returned to Nigeria, because it did exist previous, uh, prior to when I returned, but for re- certain reasons, um, there were no more cinemas for a while. Yeah. Maybe someday we'll talk about that if we have a Nigeria-centric um, podcast. <laughs> um, I would actually like to know why they disappeared, cin- <laughs> but
2: I have I have I have ideas and I have suspicions as to why cinemas disappeared from Nigeria. Um, but uh, I, I think it was was probably to do with the 80s and it was coincidentally around right about the same time we got a military but, uh
4: Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which so, is also why we probably don't want to talk about it without it being on the title of the podcast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So uh, I have my theories about that as to why cinemas disappeared and why it took like, I don't know, 30 years or something like that for them to come. I oh, know it, it must have been about 25 for them to come back. But anyway, yes. so carry on. Yeah.
4: Yeah, so um, the first sort of modern cineplex that um, uh, returned to Nigeria was a Silverbird Cinema yep. that opened in 2004. Yes. Uh, and um, the the biggest movie um, that was playing when it opened was Troy. Um, and that movie was absolutely huge. <laughs> um it, it was um I think when Silverbird Cinema was being built there was a lot of sort of hand-wringing and a lot of um will this be a massive flop will this be a massive waste of money oh, yeah. will Nigerians pay the equivalent of an entire month's salary to watch a movie that they could just um get for free from movie pirates um, and <laughs> I think Troy just sort of put a sort of like hard rubber stamp underline under the answer being this is going to be huge in this country because yeah. uh, it was it was insane. Um, the cinemas were packed and um, I don't know if you've ever actually been to a Nigerian cinema because there's lots of cinemas in Nigeria now so, so if, you've, if you've returned, if you've visited Nigeria. I've been, I've been, to, been to the probably, one at the
2: ShopRite Plaza in Leki.
4: Ah, oh, that one, Genesis. Yeah. So you're aware of what the experience is like. Um, the cheering, the clapping, all the sort of interactivity. So just imagine that sort of like turned up to 11 and that's what it was like watching Troy. Um, Because as you can imagine, there were these huge battle scenes and there were these like crowds and all the girls loved Brad Pitt and uh, his his anti-hero character Achilles. So there was lots of fainting and swooning uh, in the... In the theater, lots of screaming, a lot of cheering, and it was really, it was, it was an amazing spectacle, so to speak. So, um, I have a very strong memory of that. Um, so, I would, I would call that. Um, so, if, if, I, if I didn't have to sort of dig into the dark annals of my history and go, oh, it was probably E.T. or Jaws, one of, um, either one of the two, um, I would say yes, Troy was the first time I had. Um, an actual cinema experience that I can remember clearly.
2: So I I just have this image now of whatever studio made Troy sitting down going and here are receipts. Oh, it hasn't done that well in England or in America. What on earth? Why has has half of our (laughs) revenue come from Nigeria? What on earth is going on there? (laughs)
4: Um, Okay, so it's interesting, but um, I think at the time, and I might be wrong about this, but I think at the time, Nigeria's receipts were just sort of uh, subsumed into South Africa's
3: oh. because
4: they were getting uh, they, they were they were licensing used reels from, from South Africa. Um South Africa. Uh, I'm not 100% sure that this is what was happening but um I had friends who who worked at um Genesis then um and they worked for South African com- country uh, company that was um Bringing the reels in, and that's what I was told. Yeah. Uh, so they, they probably wouldn't know. They just sort of think the film was pretty huge in, in a South particular <laughs> cinema that had five screens in South Africa.
2: <laughs> oh my word! I'm Imagine that. That because Troy was the biggest thing in Nigeria because it was the only thing at the time. So so okay. So all the time I've known you, right? All the time I've known you, you have and you pretty much you've put it in the title of your other podcast. Y- you you've been a nerd. I mean, I would use that word, and I would use that word to myself as well. But I think that like, your levels are uh, more than more than mine. So you've been into like you know, <laughs> it, into the comics, into the TV shows, into the films, all that stuff. Into like you know you you could go. You have I would say you you would have like a bit of an encyclopedic knowledge of that. But if we go all the way back to ET the Extraterrestrial, so at this point in time you're in the UK, your parents take you to go see this film when you're when you're a kid. Is there something that kicked off then that? Sort of like, so to say, burrowed down, and then you took back to Nigeria with you.
4: Uh, absolutely. Um, so I couldn't stop saying "Et phone home" for a very long time. Um, <laughs> and yes, and uh, this is actually really weird, but I I have not watched Et as an adult. Yeah. Um, I am actually afraid to do so because um, I don't want I don't want it to become a real. Thing because it was this mythical thing when I was a child. Um, I have I had scattered recollection. Uh, I have a scattered recollection of the uh, movie itself. Um, I remember things like uh, flying on the bike and um, a lot of things that ET did, sort of like raising his hand and basically being a little alien Jesus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I don't remember the plot. Um, and when we went to Nigeria, we didn't have a VHS tape of ET. We had VHS tapes of many of the other films that I liked, uh, including Star Wars, which had a much greater effect on me than anything else. Yeah. Um, I think um, this w- Star Wars would probably um, would probably key in more directly to the question that you are asking, Tosin, which is. Um, did did one of these things kick something off in you? I think that would be Star Wars. It would be the fact that I had a videotape of Star Wars that I watched literally every weekend for several years of my life. so I promptly racked up at the very least 300, four hundred viewings of that particular movie. Um, uh, but yes, that that uh, that is definitely something that I'm I'm uh, leaving in the realm of possibility.
2: That, that, that's what kicked off that's what kicked off your 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 love of this niche what what was a niche sort of like thing at, at that time of the fantasy and sci-fi and all that
4: and now rules the world but <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes you you,
4: you you absolutely could say that yeah. um there are a number of other things that I think um keyed into my more general love of film as opposed to my love of sort of like nerdery yeah um, because I mean of course I, as a child I loved Superman um, and there was a whole bunch of other uh, things that I really liked when I was young but growing up um I think when when we moved to Nigeria, my father might have... Uh, anticipated that we might not be able to leave for a while Um, and as a result he brought with him several large leather suitcases filled with VHS tapes um, (laughs) on which he had recorded a lot of movies Um, so uh, in his study we had this, uh, at the top of this shelf there was this sort of like rack of like massive um, um, luggage uh, suitcases which yeah. you would open and they were like treasure troves. You just kind of open them and it was just like tapes and tapes and tapes. Uh, and some of them were tapes that needed cleaning. So those were like extra mysterious, right? Because you had to go to these like special um, cleaning services to get them clean. And it was really difficult to do so. And then maybe you'd get to watch it, you know. Yeah. Um, and so uh, he had this massive collection of classic Westerns. My dad loved Westerns. Um, and that was that was a version of my dad that I never met Um, Mm. that was my young dad because uh, of course um, you're a Nigerian you know what Nigerian fathers are like in Nigeria yeah Um, yeah, yeah. of our parents' generation exactly had to be serious had to not be seen to not be serious so he never watched movies he just didn't watch them you could tell
2: you're not supposed to have fun
4: exactly you're not supposed to have fun so you always be serious it's always like have the stern look on your face and always so he just never watched his movies we were the only ones who watched them but he had everything by john wayne he had the entire series collections of of, of um, western serials um, and he had a whole bunch of other things that he absolutely must have loved when he was younger and i know he loves now because he's of course soft and is a soft softy and <laughs> Admits to all the things that he loved when he was younger. So it is um, funny how that happens, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. So uh, I would say that um, my, my, my love of my more general love of film um, is something which I think um, was was sort of like handed down to me secondhand through him. Oh, what wow. in that regard? But my love of um, of science fiction, with nerdery and geekery and that sort of thing, yes, that probably was kicked off by. Um, Star Wars, and maybe to an extent,
2: ET. Oh, okay, G- good stuff. I am liking this, I am liking this a lot. So, let's go forward a whole bunch of years. So, um, so you've, well, you were born in the UK, you watched your first film there, went back to Nigeria, watched a whole bunch of VHS's, eventually got to the point where the cinemas came back. You go into w- watch Troy, you're now back in the UK, and it's 2020, the government. <laughs> The government comes up one day and says, guys, that's it. Everybody stay at home. You're not allowed to do any. You shut down. You shut down. Cinemas shut down. Theatres shut down. Everything shut down. What did you end up with the final thing being that you'd seen in the cinema before the lockdown started?
4: Extremely embarrassing. Um, And (laughs) before you judge me, understand that this would absolutely not have happened. If not for the fact that um, I had, uh, I have um, a cinema membership with The Light, which um, I'm, I'm, I'm not sponsored by, but I think I can plug here because I absolutely love that cinema chain, and I don't know what I will do without them. The Light. Um, yes, The Light. Uh, it's. They're not a huge cinema chain. They've got just a few. Um, they've got just a few branches. They've got one here in Sheffield where I live. Yeah. Um, and they've got a few in uh, scattered around the country. Um, they, they, for a very long time, they've had this um, cinema experience where they have um, smaller halls and they have sort of reclining um, seats and hot food. Um, and alcohol and so on and so forth Yeah. Um, and they have um, a something similar to the Cineworld membership Yeah. where you can be a member for 17 pounds I think a month Yeah. and you can watch as many movies as you like which is amazing for me because I just watched everything um, so when the new Vin Diesel movie Bloodshot came out <laughs> uh... yes indeed I did watch it it was the last thing I watched and I regret it. So <laughs> please do not judge me for it. I did not choose for it to be the last thing I watched before the apocalypse came, and um, uh, I, I, I didn't actually uh, contribute to its uh, to its box office total, not, not directly anyway. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay this is all right because Sean who you you shared the, your final film seen in the cinema with Sean who uh um, who, who co-hosts the show with me and yeah Sean did say that he, that ended up being the final film that he saw and Sean's the kind of person who just loves film and so he'll see it and I think he sees it almost so like philosophically he'll be like well that's the last one I didn't like it but hey it's a film <laughs> and yeah uh <laughs> but but if uh you are not alone in being the in the going, Oh my word, this is this this is this is bad. So what exactly was so bad about Bloodshot that you you that makes you just go, Oh okay. my
4: god. So here's the thing about Bloodshot, right? Bloodshot is not one of those movies that is so actively bad, so so abhorrent that um it inspires like bile and hatred. Um, it's not one of those things. Uh it's not one of those movies. Uh in a way, movies that have that effect on me, I uh respect because <laughs> I think they are well made movies that I disagree with vehemently. Um so it's not that, it's not as important as that.
2: I don't know, Transformers um, the Last Night Man.
4: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then and then again, it's not a movie that is so incompetently put together And so horrifically bad in a technical sense that it's almost unwatchable with cringeworthy acting and all that. No, it's not that either. Um, Because that sort of movie can actually be enjoyed in an ironic sense. You can actually laugh your way through them. Um, So it is, to me, the worst kind of bad movie. Um, (laughs) The movie which is just a complete waste of your time. (laughs) <laughs> um, something that you just sort of watch and you're done with it and you're like, I could totally have just not watched that um, and there would be no change. You know, uh, It's not like when I watch a movie that I hate so much, like, I, I, I leave it trembling with rage. You realize, well, I needed to have that um, experience so that I would experience these emotions. A movie that's so incredibly bad, you can laugh about it over drinks with your friends, right? Yep, yep. Um, it's neither of them. Um, I, I'm not going to be able to sit here and make um, sort of witty jokes or disparaging remarks about stuff that happened in the movie because it was all just, uh, meh. Uh, <laughs> there was nothing where it was like, can you imagine how bad that was? There's nothing like that. It's just like, uh, okay. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just meh. Um, it's, uh, when you're watching the movie, the experience I got watching it was, this is formulaic nonsense, um, and it turns out that it was pretending to be – well, I hope this is not a, a spoiler. It's, the movie's been out for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, spoiler warning. Um, okay, and then I'll I'll, I'll mention when the – and then you can give a sort of time stamp for when the spoilers are done. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it, it turns out that um, it's pretending to be formulaic nonsense, um, because it has a gimmick, which is that um, they're creating a false reality for uh, a, a super soldier that they need to manipulate, and they're sort of playing a movie in his head, and it's a formulaic movie in their Um And that's the story, right? It's like, okay, so you know the movie that you've just shown us is garbage, you're telling us why it's garbage, and that's the end. Okay, <laughs> right. All right, okay. I can go home now, can't I? All right, thank you. All right,
2: yeah, so. okay, so let, let's move <laughs> on from Vin Diesel and Bloodshot, and let's go on to why do you think cinema is a thing? so with all the good and all the bad and all the oh wow this is great and this is going to inspire a lifetime of whatever why do you think cinema is a thing
4: so um this is interesting i i do in fact have a lot of thoughts about this but um i love cinema and that that might sound weird Uh, considering, um, as as I mentioned earlier on, um, I didn't uh, actually have a proper cinema experience um, um, during my uh, formative years and um, early adulthood. So you might think, oh, well, you should be one of those people who doesn't care about watching things on the small screen. And I'm like, no, actually. um, I would rather watch things, I would rather watch a movie once in the cinema and never watch it again than have to watch it multiple times on a small screen. Uh, No matter how good that small screen is, I mean, the the best sort of home theater arrangement to me um, isn't as important as, um, isn't quite as impactful as um, watching it in a cineplex along with many other people and just sort of feeding off their... Reactions, yeah, um, I, I find that this holds true um, even in the UK, which might sound funny, um, but as someone who had his first exposure to um, cinema um, as an adult in uh, Nigeria, which has a very different um, movie-going culture to the UK, yeah, um, there is a, a, there is a sort of there is an engagement with the movie that is. On, sort of on par with going to the theatre over yeah. here yeah.
3: Uh,
4: where you, you go to, you watch, a, you watch a stage play or you watch a theatre, there's lots of applause, um, every now and then the crowd reactions and it makes it uh, an amazing experience uh, watching a movie in the cinema is very close to that in Nigeria um, watching a movie here um, in Sheffield and parts of London that I've lived um, is 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 a much different experience, it's a lot more um, it's a lot more, uh, how can I put it? That there's, there's, the, the engagement is not. It's more reverential. At, um, yes, it's like, um, there's a lot more, it's a lot more polite, I'll put it that way. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you don't munch on your food and they don't, um, don't make too much noise. Don't, don't applaud, you know, but you can sort of chuckle when there's a joke and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and every now and then there's a bit of a gasp and if it's Avengers, then you can go crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but even then, simply knowing that there are other people watching it with you at the same time makes it feel different. Um, and, when you watch the movies you can tell that they were made with that in mind Um, they were built so that um, that they were built to put on a show Mm -hmm. for a captive audience that would give you its full attention for roughly two hours and that's how they're made that's how they're paced that's how they're shot Um, this is in contrast to things that you'd watch on the telly which um, you'll notice that there are many things about their design that um, sort of play to the audience. They expect it's it's meant to be a private thing. They can go into a lot more detail about a few things. Um, they can spend a lot more time with sort of like talking heads, bouncing things off each other, um, and they can they can they can have multiple subplots. They have sort of like cliffhangers um, and. They expect you to watch things out of order, to rewind things, their recaps, their reminders, this repetition, uh, while a movie is this contained experience. And I think, I think that this format where you have a sort of two hour feature is a side effect of the fact that cinemas exist. Okay. Um, The two hour movie is the thing that a cinema can excel at showing um a television doesn't excel at showing a two-hour movie because it's too easy to walk out of the room and miss the crucial 15 to 20 minutes yeah um so so i think that if cinemas go away i think the feature itself the two-hour feature film i think will go away as well um and i think we're beginning to see the first signs of that with. Sort of movies like The Old Guard, appearing yes. on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, so that's a really nice movie. It's really cool. But the the most common uh, complaint is that it's too short and we need more. Right. <laughs> um, so everyone was like, "We'd rather this be a mini series. Give us six episodes of this. Yeah. Right. Show us. Uh, give us a lot of backstory and all that. I don't just want to watch two mo- two hours and walk away. Yeah. Um, and I think Netflix will figure this out soon because they've got the magic data science stuff that figures these things out for them, even if they don't want to. Um, and sadly, if cinemas go away, um, we, we just might say goodbye to the, the concept of a feature film that, um, has, a, that, that, um, soaks up a large amount of, uh, of production. Uh, soaks up a large production budget
2: So in Subbury you would say The reason for cinemas is
4: um, The reason for The reason for cinemas existing is Oh the reason um, for cinema The
2: reason that cinema is a thing
4: Oh the reason why cinema is a thing Is um, The need Our need as human beings To have um, Communal enjoyment Um, The exact same reason that concerts, theaters, and stage plays have been a thing um, for so long um, in our life on this planet.
2: Well put, well put. And now let's move on to the final question. The final question, which is, when cinemas reopen on that day, if it ever does happen, because... If you listen to other episodes of the podcast, you know that I personally think that cinemas and film studios are playing a game of cinematic chicken as to who's going to go first. <laughs> but, but imagine that they eventually sold themselves out. Imagine we finally actually get cinemas open again and we actually managed to go socially distant, of course, sit in a big, massive, dark room for two hours. What are you most looking forward to seeing?
4: Okay, so I've got two answers to this. The first answer, which is a stupid answer, the disingenuous answer, is whatever they are showing, <laughs> because I uh, I told you that uh, I, I told you earlier on that I, I have no idea what I would do without the light cinemas, right? And yeah. Covid has kind of shown me what I would do, and that is descend into an abyss of uh, misery and self <laughs> self pity. So anything, even the stupid Vin Diesel movie, would be enough to sort of pull me out of that. I just want to be in a theatre with a big screen in front of me and with people around me. You know, that's what I want. So anything, let it be tennis or whatever. I don't care. So that's the that's the stupid, disingenuous, uh, emotional answer that I would give you from the bottom of my heart right now, based on how I, I, how I feel. Yeah. Now the the right answer, which is what my head would give you um based on what i would what I was looking forward to watching yeah. um before everything went away, is believe it or not, um, I am sadly not a film snob, um, I am an unabashed um, comic book geek, yep. and I was really looking forward to and I am still looking forward to Black Widow. Yeah. Um, because that is a movie that um I have been looking forward to for a very long time. I have been looking forward to um since um twenty twelve. Um when in my opinion she became a real character for the first time in the first Avengers movie. Prior to that I've I i did not consider her um there was it, I didn't it, consider it didn't myself. Exactly. So um I didn't care for Black Widow in the comic books, um um I've I've always sort of been in into uh I've been more of a DC person than a Marvel person on the comic side of things. Um and on the Marvel side it was mainly the X Men, didn't really care for the Avengers or anything on that side. Yeah. Um I absolutely detested the superheroes that had no powers. And just put on um, (laughs) spandex and ran around it it just seemed like an insult to my intelligence anytime i'd read the books because it was like you you wouldn't write this in a book you wouldn't show this on a movie
2: including batman
4: Uh, batman was at the top of it he was like the poster child for absolute nonsense because (laughs) you had to you had to write a lot of sort of like deus ex machina Um, uh, 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 contrivance in order for Batman to to even function when other superheroes were around because it was just ridiculous he's this guy who's got no powers and he's fighting on the same level as someone like Superman it makes no sense Um, so I had no no love for Black Widow, I didn't like the fact that um, she was a female stereotype and um at the time i, I didn't uh, at, at the time a lot of comic books were not very kind to their female characters oh god
2: um, no. and
4: i really yeah i really disliked the ones where the female character was just sort of there to either sort of uh, in her case she was always this this um seductive um, um i, I, character I, I, I could go on a massive rant about power girl Oh, uh, okay. Well, but we, we, Power Girl comes from a completely different, yeah, um, completely different angle. Although yeah. when Amanda Connor was on Power Girl with Ginny Palmiotti, they did really good work with her. Um, there were lots of sort of female creators back in those, back in that period that were doing a whole bunch of sort of like underground subterfuge. Yeah. Um. So that that was nice, but I, I'm not really sure anyone did the same thing for Black Widow. She was just this. Stereotypical um, man-eating type, um, and kind of like a female spy from her. a Bond movie. That sort of thing, yeah, like the the bad Bond girl. Yes. Yeah. So she's just like bad forever, I and mean, then she kept dying and coming back. It's stupid.
2: Um, <laughs> so, so and, at the moment, you're looking forward to a Black Widow
4: movie. So, so, yes, so, um, Ma- so
2: Marvel have pulled some sort of alchemy over the last ten years, and have gone to the point
4: where you're like, you know what? yeah
2: Natasha Romanoff
4: Avengers the first one and this is not when she first appeared in Iron Man 2 I I just liked her there as well yep the first Avengers movie it she leapt off the screen Uh, to me Black Widow is Scarlett Johansson's version of the character yeah I love that version of the character I, I think she is amazing and I've waited for her movie for years and years and years I've sort of like hung on every um, rumor that the movie was coming out. (laughs) Um, Felt disappointment every time it didn't come out. It was—it's just this sort of like push and pull, back and forth thing. Um, And so to find out that it was actually going to come out was uh, was was amazing. And I've been looking forward to it ever since. Uh, So yeah, that's what I—that's what I would be most excited to
2: see. You see, that—that is my—that is my that's my answer to the question as well I think with me it's more when people say what are you most looking forward to I'm like whatever Marvel does next is, is, <laughs> is that's, that's, that's my my genuine answer and it happens to be Black Widow because I, 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 I feel like those people I, I said it on the podcast last week with, with the interview that I had with Juwan and I, I said, that essentially, with whatever Marvel does next, because those people have earned my trust over the last decade. They've earned my trust because they have had many, many chances to mess this up many different ways from Sunday. And they have avoided all of them. And, uh, so, and even though, personally, unlike you, when you talk about Black Widow, whenever they said a Black Widow movie, I was like, I'm not sure about that. Not because I don't want there to be a female-led superhero movie. I do. But is that I feel like that character works best in the shadows, and not when a spotlight is put on her, and not when you start, not when you start saying, "Oh, let's give you her backstory, and this is why she's this way," and, and <laughs> so, and I'm like, I'm like, I think for me the best Black Widow that we got was Captain America: Winter Soldier. I loved her yes. in that film. I loved. I
4: was. Her. I was going to. I was going to mention that because when you said something like a, a Black Widow movie, I was going to tell you we had a Black Widow movie. Yeah, and it was Winter Soldier. That was a Black Widow movie. Yeah, but, but it's
2: <laughs> it's like the way it's done, the way that she's used in that. I love it because you are not being given all the into to her past That oh, all this. This is what she's like and. It, and I always thought like I think she works brilliantly as a supporting character, as part of an ensemble. And I am not sure that giving her putting moving her front and center, it might ruin the character. But as I said, Marvel have built up a lot of trust with me over the last decade. So I'm like, okay, cool. If you guys think it's a good idea, let me see. <laughs> let yes. let me see it. I'm- I I am more than happy to have been wrong.
4: I have the, I have pretty much the same. Um, I have pretty much the same attitude to you, which is it's Marvel. They know what they're doing, <laughs> um, because I mean, we've seen characters that um, you think how does how does this character um, hold on to a movie by themselves, and they do because Marvel has ways of making it work. They create compelling supporting characters for that character and they have that character play off those characters. I mean, look at Black Panther. I mean, everyone walked out of Black Panther talking about Okoye and Nakia. Uh, and, pretty much all the women. Uh, Killmonger, exactly. <laughs> um, and Black Panther was basically, he was just the thing in the center that just kind of like played, yeah. they all sort of played off, right? Yeah. Uh, and even Captain Marvel was like that. I mean, people walked into Captain Marvel ready to hate it. Because they hated the, the actress, and they were like, we, "We hate her, and we hate her movie." But you couldn't walk out of the movie and hate um, Scott Mendelson's
3: um,
4: scroll <laughs> character, who was pretty much the main character. He and Samuel L. Jackson and the cat, you know. <laughs> so um, I, I, I have I have confidence um, now. I have a I have a, a, a different kind of confidence for Marvel. Um, they have. Um, I give them some latitude. Because one thing about Marvel's movies is that I've always enjoyed them, but I've never been blown away by them. So, except for um, Avengers Endgame and Black Panther. Um, For the most part, I just sort of enjoyed them. So I just know they um, they are reliably entertaining. Yes. So that, to be honest, works as a sort of uh, armor for them because I never walk in with overblown expe- expectations. Yeah. Um, I don't ever expect it to completely redefine my sense of self. Um, I just know that I'm going to have a good time. Um, and I know that um, if it's focusing on a particular character, I will now have an excuse to uh, a place where I can see that character um, a lot.
3: Yeah.
2: Okay. Right. Thank you very much. I believe that is the end of our questions. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast interview and t- thank you so much for talking about cinema and the love of cinema and how we we just want to keep celebrating it until it comes back. Um, <laughs>
4: until, thank you very much for having me as well. thank you for um for for tolerating my uh, rambling and interruptions.
2: Oh uh, don't worry, by the time I finish cutting this together, you'll be totally eloquent. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Once again, thank you very much, Wally, for coming onto the show. Thank you. Thank you for coming. (laughs) Thank you for talking to us about your stuff. And I hope I did cut out a lot of your rambling and actually make you sound eloquent. What do you guys think? Did he sound eloquent? (laughs)
0: Yeah, he, he did so sound very yeah, eloquent. Like yeah. is, yeah. Th- yeah, th-
2: that's all me. That is all me. It has nothing to do with him whatsoever. <laughs> I was the one that made it
0: happen. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. And, I mean, he sounds sounds a real interesting character because, um, obviously, if his dad likes Westerns, you know, he's a mean shit. We're real we're, we're affiliates there, aren't we? Yeah,
2: Absolutely. definitely. When, when yeah. he was talking about his Westerns and his dad with like, yeah. the, the, the suitcases full of tapes of all the John Wayne movies, I was like, oh, good Lord. Sean could, have, Sean could have a fielding
1: <laughs> with this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Yeah, that yeah, was a all of them on DVD. The things, yeah, one of oh, the, the things
1: the I picked
0: VHS. up on was. And he said, what was interesting was when he said that it was actually his dad that was watching these that he thinks got him into his movies, which reminds me very much. Probably, I mean, my 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 father. I remember when I was younger, and he'd sit down and he'd watch the westerns, and he'd watch their life of a Bengal Lancer, and he'd watch all those those sort of um, you know. Uh, Three Sergeants and all those films and I remember having to sit there and watch them and I, I, I really enjoyed them as well and I enjoyed them um, in fact there's a I've got a, a book which I can't find by Al Murray called um, Watching Movies with My Dad and I think oh, yeah. that must be I think that must be where a chip off the old block where I'm like oh well that's not the right machine gun oh that's not the right tank I wouldn't have that there. <laughs> so, so I can blame good old pop for that <laughs>
1: <laughs> I used to, yeah, I what did the same. Watch films with my dad, and the only thing he used to make him laugh particularly was if on westerns was when someone got shot, and they'd go oh, and he'd say that's not what you do when you get shot, <laughs> <laughs> and it would always make him laugh because he'd always go ah oh ah, the way they do on these films. Yeah, yeah, and they always like, sort of like they clutch, the clutch
2: their chest, <laughs> spin around, and yeah. they fall into a horse trough or something.
1: Yeah. <laughs> And there's a couple of ones where John Wayne gets shot, and he sort of goes, ah, but he manly sort of struggles on, doesn't he? He sort of staggers yeah. a bit, then yeah. he just keeps going. And he'd always, that would make him laugh and laugh, just the way they would, yeah. And it's only later when we thought, hang on a minute, that means you know what people look like when they've been shot, or. <laughs> <that sort> of, <laughs> <laughs> well, is it
2: is it, like, is it a bit like uh, like while he was talking about like when the you realize that there's a version of your dad you never met.
1: Yes, that that yeah.
2: <laughs> you, mentioned you mentioned there's a version of your dad you never met, and so you're like, hang on a second, you know what? Did you shoot Stop people? people. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. You've shot people, haven't you? But yes, yeah, yeah. so he would. He was always a bit quiet about that. Actually, we'd ask him, "Have you killed anyone, Dad?" And he would never answer us. So we probably think <laughs> that means he probably did. He
0: probably did. But <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, similar, similar, uh, similar thing with my my dad. Really, but I mean, he sounds like so good as well. He loves his comics. He, yeah, well he loves his comics.
2: I think. I think there there were a group of us. There was Wally, Shagun, and we we were into comics and uh especially well growing up in nigeria we were into comics and uh, around that age where we we couldn't get regular comics so i remember that there would be these comics that'd be ripped apart and they would be bedraggled, and they wouldn't have like a front page or an end page you only get to read the middle of the story and never find out the story ended that we would pass around each other but we 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 loved our comics uh, but I th- I think all of us, even though we love them, Wally takes it to another level. Like there's there's a bit in the conversation, there's a bit in the interview with him, where it's a bit like I uh, I've I feel like that that must be what it's like when people are speaking to me about film. Like people have often said like they have like when we speak about film and everything like that. Like I remember my, my my other my cousin Tosin, who gave us the first load of what happened when cinemas came to Nigeria in his yes, yeah. yeah, in his interview. And before he came on, he listened to a couple of episodes of the podcast. And he was like, uh, I don't think I can come on the podcast, guys. I'm not knowledgeable like you guys because you guys are just dropping name-dropping films left, right, and the center. I don't think I'm knowledgeable enough. And I got a little taste of what he must have felt like when I was speaking to Wally, And I said something about Power Girl. And I said something about comics. And he went, oh, yeah, yeah, that's because this guy wrote it. and that." But when this lady came on, she started writing it. And I got this immediate feeling of, okay, I am out of my depth here. Right now, <laughs> I am well out of my depth. I don't know what he's talking about, but it sounds cool. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, but yeah, he is—he is massively knowledgeable about anything that has to do with uh, comics or anything that has to do with
0: nerdery in general. Do you know what I found quite interesting was his um, choice when he was saying that. Obviously, he likes Black Widow, but he was saying he, he, he liked the X Men movies, didn't he? Which I mean, I didn't mind the X Men movies. I know they got a lot of bad press, but. Did he think? Am I wrong in thinking that he, he, like the X Men was his was one of his top top sort of? He, comics? He's,
2: he, yeah, he said that. Yeah, he he did like the X Men. He said he was more DC. Yeah. He didn't really meet, read much Marvel apart yeah, from he the X Men. That's right. DC, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah but he's he, looking he,
1: forward to Black Widow, which we've mentioned it, but we haven't had anyone as as their top pick for the what's coming soon.
2: Uh, no, um, no, it's, happy think, really. Yeah, I'm not sure if I cut it out. I might have cut it out of the interview you know, for time reasons or anything. But I did say that it, it it is the film I'm most looking forward to. But not because it's Black Widow, but because my answer to what film are you looking forward to most Marvel. is yeah, yeah no, it's whatever Marvel do next. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. I know. So. That, that, that's my answer to the question. So and that happens to be Black Widow. So it, yeah. it, it is. <laughs> it, it it will be interesting. Apparently, November. That's when we that's when we're expecting Black Widow. Now, November.
1: Okay, it back that, wow. off. but it's yeah. interesting. His early films, you know, there's like he had that experience of watching films in Britain before they went back to Nigeria, yeah. and then having that that sort of I don't know fragmented memory of watching ET and then going to Nigeria, and then mm-hmm. it's like boom, this is this is cinema, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. This is cinema. Eventually, after after it must have been like uh, twenty, 25, 25, yeah, twenty five, twenty five,
1: yeah, big yeah, what about
2: twenty five years that. No, I think, yeah, probably between 20, between 20 and 25 years, well, before from his first cinema thing to the next one, where he actually got to experience it as an adult with Troy. <laughs> yeah, and, and I can just imagine. I, I, I think it still tickles me, the idea that Troy, because Troy I don't think did that well. It, it, no. It wasn't, it wasn't that much of a blockbuster over here, I don't think.
1: It wasn't, but I was by the critics. I mean, I enjoyed it, and I, I still i have watched it, If you know, and DVD I, things. I did too and I liked it So, but I know it wasn't critically you know loved and yeah. people kept going on about um, Brad Pitt's skirt didn't they and it's just like, <laughs> well yeah, yeah I, I thought
0: yeah I, I mean I, I agree with Sharon totally I thought it was uh, I thought it was a, a terrific movie really really liked it I've seen it a couple of times um, and yeah, yeah. I really liked another film I know I won't mention but another film that I liked, which has got panned a lot is Alexander really good I don't know if what you thought on that
1: one, Sharon. Oh, with Colin Farrell. Yeah, I yeah. didn't mind that
0: yeah. either. I watched that. Yeah. But that got
2: yeah. banned. That got like, like oh, totally, yeah, they hated totally it. They hated it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think everybody Sorry. was hoping. They were hoping that after after Gladiator, that the Soldier and Sandal epic was going to come back. And there were all these films that mm. came in the wake of Gladiator. And I think Troy and Alexander and those are the sort of films yeah. that came in the wake of that tried to bring that back. And. I think Troy there was this thing of oh it's not Gladiator and so people yeah. so so pe- people didn't didn't connect with Troy the way they connected with Gladiator but um, I just find it funny the idea that they're going oh it's not going anywhere but this film is going gangbusters in Nigeria <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what's going on there they love what's they happening love
1: there
2: a, they love a bit of Brad Pitt in a skirt
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I that. can like
1: with Tosin, he was saying how people would, you know, your cousin Tosin would say, yeah. yeah, people would cheer. They'd, but there was an expression you said I couldn't remember what you said that people would call out.
3: Like, oh shit! Yeah.
1: Oh shit! <laughs> oh, That's it. Oh shit! <laughs> which,
2: which, which lit, which literally means thank you. So you can imagine, oh, yeah. So you can imagine people in a cinema. Something happens on the screen, and everybody in the cinema goes,
3: thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So it's. And yeah, that they would, all the girls would go, oh, right red bear! Or whatever they would yeah. do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the,
2: uh, the final thing I want to say of this is that the, the you know, the bit where he's talking about how we shared re- film reels with South Africa? that That's the way they did it. They got film reels yeah. from South Africa, yeah. and then yeah. that's what. It, it totally reminded me of Cinema Paradiso. Like, where yeah, they would have right. their, the, the kinds they, of films. Yeah, when they have the kids of films, they have two villages, and then one village will show one reel, will show the first reel, and then they would cycle from one village to the other village and then show the second <laughs> reel. Like for the intermission and all that. I was like, uh-huh. oh, God, it's was like, Tony cinema paradiso, only between South Africa and Nigeria. It's like, we finish with it, we hand it over to you, you watch it, you send it back.
1: <laughs> and it's not <almost laughs> as if you're neighbors either. It's not as if it's like, yeah, let's just.
2: Nah, no, you no, know, was...
1: Different ends of the continent, aren't you? We, oh, we are
2: different ends of the continent. Actually, I
0: think. I... <laughs> I, I, uh,
1: yeah,
0: I think I think um, like with the BBC when you know like because the, they lost a lot of episodes, yes, and I uh, I'm pretty sure that they they, they cars, all those it. I find a lot of those are popping up in, in Nigeria. There's a lot I've yeah. often seen. Oh, we found a, a sixty sixteen millimeter version of you know the power oh. of the Daleks. Yeah. Like, yeah, also, those, those the archives, yeah. yeah, yeah, those missing. Those missing. Yeah, but yeah. that's And some of the missing Dad's, I, Dad's looked, Army. Said, they found it them said, there. Yeah, there goes. that's right found nigeria and six on 16 millimeter or you know found a copy and it is mainly where they find a lot of the the missing episodes so it's probably there's probably these cans real cans of um tv shows because i think i think i think they used to shoot on 16 millimeter rather than 35 you know as well as as well as videotape so they just pop up now and again it's good but it's great
2: they do. We, we, we probably do have them there somewhere because I, I did say that we. Well, well, I have mentioned every now and then about how we just have random things showing up in Nigeria. Random things will show yeah, up yeah, on TV, yeah, yeah. and we'll be like, "How did we get this? I don't know. Where's this from? I think it's originally German. How did we get something German? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, why? Why is this here? <laughs> it's like, but yeah, all sorts of random stuff showed up in Nigeria. I, I remember there was there was this episode there was there was a version of Jane Eyre that would show on TV that had Timothy Dalton in it as Mr. Rochester.
1: Yeah, my favorite version of Jane Eyre.
2: Yeah, yeah I think it's, and that just kept showing up on TV. And the only reason, I, and I never go into it because I thought it was quite boring. And I just couldn't catch it to the story when I was like, I don't know, 13 or something and I was like what, what, what is this it's so slow what's going on and the only thing they said is that someone had told me I hadn't seen any of the James Bond films with him in it yet but someone had told me that's the guy who plays James Bond after Roger Moore so I was like oh wow I've got to see a Roger, James Bond in something and I'm like why is he just standing there talking <laughs>
1: Move! It's a, it's a very, <laughs> yeah Mr. Rochester is very talky but that's the BBC version from about 1984 I think yeah
2: 384 yeah. It, would ra- it would randomly show up on TV every now and then. And a version of Ivanhoe. There was a version of Ivanhoe that we had that just kept showing up. That I. Oh, I <laughs> the, Ivanhoe was played by. What, the film or dude. the TV series? It was oh, a that TV sounds series. like Stephen
1: Moddington's version.
2: It was, Stephen uh, Moddington
1: played Ivanhoe in about mid 80s. I think got... it would. It,
2: I think it would be it would be mid '80s, but I haven't seen it anywhere since. And it was just this random stuff we got on TV in Nigeria because I think somebody in some TV station somewhere had found an old tape and went, "Okay, yeah, put it in." <laughs> so we'll show that. Yeah, why not? <laughs> but anyway, right. Anything else uh, about Wale's interview?
0: Um, he oh, just sounds a sounds an interesting guy. And yeah, like I say, hope he gets see- to
1: see. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yep. bloodshot
1: soon. Yeah, blood well, well,
0: well, oh, well, we could well. mention bloodshot.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> you, would, you have your brothers in arms over. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Bloodshot
2: <laughs> brothers. Yeah,
0: bloodshot <laughs> brothers.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> over your over your mutual appreciation, or whatever the opposite of appreciation if, is. That, if there's such a thing as negative appreciation of Vin Diesel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Cool. Victims. That's it. You're both
0: victims of Vin Diesel. (laughs) Vin Diesel. Yeah.
2: All right. So did you? Yes, I should.
0: Yeah, Karen. Did you you see the picture of that gate?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you might have heard us talking about a gate, and essentially there was a gate that tried to kill Sean yesterday, (laughs) where somebody had had, someone had propped up a gate off its hinges, and it's this big iron thing that nearly crushed you yesterday. It did. Yeah, it did. So. So, so, So all I want to say is thank God for mercies. We're really happy you're still here with us, Sean. We're thank- I, appre- I appreciate, that. I appreciate we're thank- that. We're thankful that somebody's, somebody's um, careless workmanship did not result in something terrible.
1: <laughs> absolutely
2: <laughs> I, yeah we're, we're really really happy that, that you're here but we, we saw the picture of the gate we'll put it up on our twitter and if you want to be the next person to be interviewed on netflix versus cinema please do get in touch with us on twitter at netflix via cinema um, because we will probably keep this in some kind of form especially if you are going to a uni- uh, go to a cinema i want to tell us about what your um what your experience was like going into a cinema and what film it is you saw. What was the first thing you saw when you go, oh, that's a new question. What was the first thing you saw when you go back into cinemas? Ah, yeah, yeah that's a new question. I like it. But until next week, when I shall be sitting around with no cinemas and wondering when is going to get the act together, probably going to be two weeks <laughs> after Cineworld opens <laughs> and they'll see something. Uh, it's a goodbye from me.
1: It's a goodbye for me.
2: And it's a goodbye from me. We will see you next week when they would have been in cinema, and I won't.